in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth. And we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our office locations, Milford is our headquarters, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. And Greg, what's our topic for today? Kind of a laid back one, you know, just kind of a legal ease here aside because there isn't any. This is straightforward ways to help make planning for retirement easier. You know, retirement planning doesn't need to be difficult. You just need some tips to help smooth the process out, kind of like an iron. You know, it doesn't have to be too hot. Uh, you don't have to use too much water and wet the fabric too badly, just get that the wrinkles out and wear that shirt, you know. Same with retirement. It can be overcomplicated. It can be made overcomplicated. It can make, be sounding you know, like a rocket science or something. It's not. There are some fundamentals to apply, and we're just going to dig into some easier aspects of it. Now, so many people, the idea of redesigning, you know, just think redesigning. It sounds overwhelming already. But uh, redesign a, an investment portfolio, hmm, your whole financial life, your retirement, yes, it can be overwhelming. After all, you've done things one way throughout most of your working career. You know, most of that deferral into a 401k seemed to be on autopilot. And then there's a there's a fork in the road where you have to make a lot more decisions hands on. Yes. Again, not to turn the theme into this show about overwhelming. We want to we want to demystify it all. You know, most likely you've stockpiled some money along the journey. Right. Into those qualified accounts, just talking about the, the company plans, the deferred accounts, employer sponsored plans. Well, those retirement accounts. They are, uh, you know, tax trap. We'll get back to that later, no doubt. But also along the way, we hope that you've been diligent about maintaining your expenses, paying off your debt. You know, you've supported your family and you enter in retirement with almost a form of a lifestyle boot or reboot. It's going to be a new journey, a new direction. It's going to have its new set of challenges and expenses, uh, opportunities, and you need to be prepared to budget for a whole new lifestyle. You know, most people, the standard of living, it's dictated by the amount of money they take home each and every month from their wages and employment. But when that check goes away, hint, hint, you know, retire, things can get a bit more, well, complicated if you're not prepared. They can be complicated. doesn't have to be. So we want to help you identify a few things that uh, you can do to make the retirement planning process smoother, easier, and the financial decisions that come with it also much easier. Well, let's talk about the thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. So for starters, what are some of the most important decisions that come along with retirement? What are some options for your 401k, 403b, stock option plans that you have that need to be dealt with when you retire? Should you have all of your debt paid off prior to retirement? Is it necessary to live on a budget or a detailed budget when it comes to retirement? How about prioritizing your retirement decisions? What's the most important versus the second or third most important things on your bucket list? How should you prioritize these decisions and when is the best time to retire? Now, what we mean by that is, is there a magic age? 
as far as when is the best time to retire. How might your expenses change when you're retired versus compared to maybe the pre-retirement days or when you're still working? How should you plan for the unpredictable expenses that pop up seemingly without fail during retirement? And if you have access to a pension, what factors should be considered when evaluating the payout options, such as the lump sum versus annuitized versus annuitized over multiple lives? And can you maintain the same or at least a similar standard of living during retirement? You know, when you, you just think out loud about questions such as that, it does become more detail oriented and it does turn you into a taskmaster. And if this is not the task, uh, if this is not, well, they call it, you know, your bailiwick, but it is ours. And we work for clients. We don't work for companies. We're financial fiduciaries putting your interest first. We're holistic. We help with investments, insurance, financial planning, income planning, pension decisions, social security transition maximization, bridging the gap of health care. You know, if you retire early and you don't have a health care plan between leaving the company and having some Medicare startup at age 65, we can help you with some decisions there as well as coordinate your Medicare benefits. And um, estate planning, you know, you, do you have a will, trust, power of attorneys, health care directives? All these things can work together very favorably. And we're a you know, one-stop shop. We are the Mayo Clinic of Financial Services, being that fiduciary holistic firm. And when you do come in, we're going to address a lot of these questions. It's part of the process. But, you know, when you retire, so much regarding your life will change with that. Regular daily routines change. Income, monthly cash flow may, in fact, change. Your job is to replace the cash flow in an effective way to last for the rest of your forever, right? That's our job, too, working right with you. Creating income. You know, if you don't have the income and cash flow without a paycheck, it must be created from assets, buckets of money and investments and savings that you prepared for most of the journey. Your spending and what you spend certainly will change. Some expenses won't become necessary anymore. Maybe you'll need one and a half car. I don't know what that looks like, but, you know, not the full two cars, daily journey commute, uh, not as much gas, maybe more on food, more travel, less on, you know, attire and stuff for whatever your career path is and whatever um, garb and such you need for your career. The earning potential will certainly be decreased as you don't have you know, earned income anymore. It's going to be more passive income derived from investments, you know, rental properties, market investments, yields, interest rates, income that's projected and created from uh, like a self-funded pension from the use of annuities, income annuities. You know, we don't like the annuities that take you up, down and sideways. That's the market. You know, do right and invest in the market the right way for the right reasons, with the right risk, the right return, the least amount of cost, best amount of return. Understand your total cost when it comes to investing. Most people don't. They work with a brokerage firm. You know, we say brokers make your broker. Well, don't let them. You need to know your total cost. Don't fall for the bait, the, you know, it's clickbait, your fee. What is the advisor fee? Oh, that one's lower than the other. Well, wait a minute there. What's the total cost of ownership of your investments? You might find that one with a slightly higher fee has a lower total cost of ownership, and you're about to go the wrong direction for all the wrong reasons. Okay, a lot of things to think about. So when you come in, we'll assess your current investments, buckets of money, you know, how you're invested. We'll look at the risk. We'll look at the internal spreads, fees, margins, and loads. We'll be able to show you the redundancies, inefficiencies, and lay it back out for you in terms of a recommendation. This is your liquidity bucket. This bucket over here is for your income and uh, for, you know, your income gap to provide you guarantees on income and persistency of income to help with your cash flow. You know, Social Security pension plus what equals the amount you need. 
Well, you, you work it the other way. Work it backwards. How much do you need minus Social Security, any pension, other sources of income? And then there's your gap. If there's a gap, we solve for it. There's two ways to do it. I hope so, money. Well, I hope not. I think you need some guarantees and certainty like the other forms of income so you don't have to wonder about a paycheck in your mailbox each month throughout retirement. So we'll look at ways to secure in that second bucket your income. And that leaves the third bucket. The third bucket's for all those investments that can include market risk at the appropriate risk for return over time. And it's liquid and it has time because it's not the bucket that's going to be dependent upon to provide for your income and cash flow needs. So you can you can put it in a position to grow on purpose over time through market you know, volatility, good times and bad times throughout the market. And it'll average nicely over time, three, five, seven, 10 years, rest of your forever, because it has time because you solve for liquidity, you've solved for income. So that last bucket is for liquidity also long-term and growth to hedge inflation because the cost of living will go up all in all likelihood and taxes will probably go up for those people that have what? Money, because the government doesn't make money. It has to take money from you and you have to have money for it to take called taxes. A lot of ways to go about that, James. Uh, James heads up our tax division as a well-rounded advisor on the team. You know, we're all kind of cross-trained to do many of the same things, but then we have specialties. Uh, in different areas. James happens to be very creative in the area of taxes. And he could tell you a lot about what might be in store in the future when it comes to taxes. Creative, yes, but still legal, also yes. There Just you want to throw that in there. We're, we're, not, we're not taking shortcuts when it comes to the tax code. Now, one other area that ultimately makes the planning for retirement easier, and I'm going to encompass not only the investment planning, retirement planning, but also estate planning. They all go hand in glove together, fingers too. <laughs> is make sure for the husband-wife team out there that both parties get involved in the planning process. I know sometimes we fall into you know different roles in life where one spouse focuses on one area or one expertise, if you will. The other one kind of sits back and lets the other one take control. That is all fun and well when everyone is still alive. But when one of you passes away and the one that passes away is the one that's been handling all the finances, that's a problem. And we see that all too often in our business where usually it's the, the widow that comes in and she's had literally no involvement seemingly in all these financial decisions. Where are all the accounts? How to get these accounts retitled? What to do next with the investments? What to do next with taking income from these accounts? There's so much that goes into this. And what we recommend, what we highly recommend is that both spouses be involved in the decision-making process. Greg, any thoughts on that? Yes, definitely. We kind of look at it like um, we're we're part of the quarterbacking team. You know, you go into the huddle, the home team wants to win. You put points on the board, you have offense and defense, and whoever has the most points in the end wins. Well, you know, it's measured by quarters. We want to be in there going to the fourth quarter and uh, share the snaps of the ball. So if, the, the you know, you go down, we can take over the game, win it for the home team. In that huddle is your family. It's whoever you want to be involved. We like to see the spouse involved often early so they have a general understanding. And we keep the records very transparent and available so people can stay on track and understand the buckets of money, where they are, the purpose of money. It, it's a great process, and it's a good way to transition your estate, not only for your future, but into your beneficiaries and heirs and surviving spouses, too. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. 
Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are registered. We are an investment advisory firm, and we are independent. We do it for clients, not companies. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. So whether you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403B, some type of employer-sponsored plan, even doing an NUA analysis before you make that sometimes fateful rollover decision, call us 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com, email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com, and our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. And Greg, what we leave off? Well, left off, you know, you just triggered a thought. Now, earlier, say people fall in different roles for different reasons. I was just thinking I want to fall into a cinnamon role, actually. But that aside, you mentioned NUA analysis. And, you know, when you have those big companies out there in Cincinnati, surrounding areas full of them, you know, Kellogg, Cincinnati, Bell, P&G, GE, bring good things to life, all kinds of stuff. But those companies, you can have highly appreciable stock inside the 401k. And there's a certain way that you can handle your transition at retirement and rolling over some, putting some into non-qualified, paying the tax at long-term capital gains. It's just kind of not going to get in great detail, just to give an idea a little bit more about that when and how it applies. So also, with some of these larger companies out here, they go through seasons and cycles where they'll do buyout packages based on age or groups of uh, retirees who have reached a pinnacle, a certain compensation package, where it's a little costly to keep them on the books. So they transition them out, try to buy out and settle up pensions so they don't have as many future unfunded liabilities to deal with, all kinds of reasons. If you're out there, <clears throat> pardon me, and you're struggling with the decision on what to do and how to do it, don't run to a Wall Street firm or some firm the company's already lined everyone up with. Get someone that's your advocate. Come in and see us. We can handle it all. We'll advise you. It's complimentary. That means there's no cost. We'll present to you the facts and the recommendations, and you decide if you see a fit, and you'll find it's very uh, consumer-friendly at that. So just keep that in mind if you're out there and you're confronting that, or you, you have a friend or a relative that's about to, just send them our way, Brown Financial Advisors, and you, you can you know see us online, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Uh, it'll be a very fun process, I think. We have a nerdy good time, and we hope to to uh, engage you in that as well. Now, the show, it's kind of simple. James, you probably thought that just the, the title of today's show, it's simple. Ways to help uh, make planning for retirement easier. That's pretty simple, uh, even as a title. James, some thoughts you might have had on some of that. Yeah, come see us. The other uh, thought I had was in a follow-up to the NUA analysis. So the net unrealized appreciation, NUA analysis, that's what we're talking about there. Splitting off into a non-tax qualified account all of those long-term investments that you have built up in that company stock. So remember this, the NUA can be done with company stock. It cannot be done with non-company stock that you have inside of that 401k or some type of employer plan. But in addition to that, there's still approximately 10 to 15% retirees out there who do have access to a pension. And when you're faced with that particular decision, 
such as do I take door number one, lump sum option, door number two, the annuitized option, and there's different nuances for door number two, such as the annuitized or the pension option, where I get payments or we get payments over just one life, where the company is insuring one life versus a joint payout, where the payout's a bit lower on a monthly basis, but it also guarantees that the spouse does not get left behind when it comes to the pension payments are concerned. One of the important factors in that decision-making process, though, is what's called the guarantee factor or the, the payout factor of what the company will guarantee as far as like a rate of return for these annuitized payments. So when you're faced with that decision, do I take the lump sum option versus the annuitized option? One important factor is what is the rate of return that they're building into those into those projections for the annuitized option? Greg, any thoughts? Yeah, sometimes they're somewhat exaggerated, exaggerated in so much that uh, we'll just know that they do these these uh, mathematical um, calculations because they know that no one of your family is going to actually get the money if you die. Some people die early, some people die late. So when they get you this monthly amount that you're going to get, it seems like, wow, that's equivalent to a rate of return. That'd be something kind of large, isn't it? Yes. But with any other investment, you'd hope to make it your money, keep it your money, and then, you know, keep it in your family when you're done with it. That doesn't work that way with pension. So a lot of times people are motivated not to be drawn in by that large monthly amount. They'd rather stay in control of the money and get a reasonable type of cash flow guaranteed, a self-funded pension. And then if something happens to them, maybe the spouse can continue. And if something happens to the spouse, then maybe there's still a bucket of money that can still go to the beneficiaries and heirs. A lot of situations can can vary that could cause you to make one decision over the other. So always have it analyzed. Don't just take a big package from the company, read through it, look at five options and just take one and be happy. Uh, no, get it looked at. You never know what you don't know and what you don't know can hurt you. So speaking of this big picture, this big concept that we're going to try to simplify, retirement planning areas of focus. Retiring brings a slew of changes, not just financially, right? We've always said that there are at least three phases of everyone's financial life. Phase one is the accumulation phase. It begins around the time you get your first real job. You start to save, invest, accumulate, okay, accumulation phase. So whether that money's in the bank, 401k, 403b, IRA, other tax deferred uh, accounts, never been taxed before, aka never been taxed before, uh, or some other employer-sponsored plan, you should try to accumulate as much as you can. However, you know, how much you uh, put in those plans should be more dictated by your contribution shouldn't be any more than their match. The match is free money. If you put any more than that, you might find yourself locking money into never been taxed accounts. Later in life, what happens? Tax rates higher. You might find that you're paying a lot more to Uncle Sam than you are, you know, as much to Uncle Sam as you're putting into your retirement activities and fun with your cash flow. So we want to gauge that carefully. So you have a, uh, at that point in life, you would like to believe you have a pretty long lifetime or timeline, time horizon, whatever you want to call it, before you'll need to access the money for those income purposes. And, you know, you should be able to live off of your paychecks and save, you know, after taxes and invest and grow your money unless you're, you're living beyond your means. And that's very sad to spend all those years living beyond your means and then end up late, you know, bottom of the ninth inning trying to do catch up savings for this this retirement, you know, this objective 
where you have to have astronomical amounts of money saved in a short period with almost unrealistic rates of return to even accomplish the mission. You just shouldn't do that to yourself. Yeah, along the way, try to pay down debt, but you can stretch debt over time to make sure you stay on track for your savings. A lot of people we meet are so bent on getting rid of debt, getting rid of debt, then they get more debt, get rid of debt, that they just don't let time value of money work on their savings. They don't get around the savings. They're always busy creating debt and resolving debt. Very sad, very unfortunate too. So make it a point when you transition to phase two. Make it a point when you transition to phase two that uh, you're getting ready for the preservation and income phase, James. Well, and one more thought about the, the debt, paying down debt or paying off the debt. Think of this as a cost of money issue first and foremost. So if the current interest rate or the cost of your debt is say around three to 4% or even if it's 5%, now let's transition that cost to what if you take from your retirement accounts to then pay off your debt? Now think about this, your income tax rate is usually at least 12% on the federal side, add another three to 5% at the state level. What if you're in a higher bracket, 22, 24, 28%? You start drawing from your retirement accounts to then pay off your debt. The cost of you paying off that four to 5% rate of interest on your mortgage, for example, could cost you upwards of 25 to 30% on your income taxes. Was that the best use of your money to then pay off that debt? You know, you paid 25 to pay off the four, right? The cost of capital is too high. You know, we'll see people literally do this because they can't stand having the debt. And you just might as well go beat your head against the wall. You're not you're not doing anything much different. And then on top of that, you've also paid the opportunity cost for the money that you did have invested to continue growing and working for you versus simply just paying off that one item of debt. Yes, we get it. It's a large piece of your future when you say, well, I'm debt free. It's a great feeling, peace of mind, et cetera. But again, what is the cost of doing something such as that? So we have accumulation phase. Now, James, we have preservation income phase. Maybe a couple thoughts before break. Yes. And and by the way, the phase number two and phase number three, there's a little bit of an overlap between these two. So the preservation phase and the distribution phase, which is number three, what they have in common is the income component of those phases. So typically when you get into the preservation phase, you now start transitioning to after you've now officially retired, you no longer are accumulating. You're now wanting to preserve and start actually drawing income from your portfolios. That means you go from the accumulation or the accumulating to deaccumulating. You go from having a paycheck from your employer to having paychecks from other sources, other sources like your IRAs, your social security, perhaps annuities pensions, if you're fortunate enough, those paychecks, if they are not enough for you to live comfortably, that's when you need to develop a strategy to take additional income from the money you've saved and invested in during those early years known as your accumulation phase. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. Detox Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are an independent RIA, registered investment advisory firm, working for clients, not companies. And yes, it does all start with a plan. That means having a plan, knowing what you own, why you own it, 
So whether it's an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investment strategies, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, perhaps even an in-service rollover, all those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com, email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com, and our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. All right, today's topic as we continue, ways to help make planning for retirement easier. We were just discussing the phases, you know, three phases. One is accumulation. That's where you're kind of putting it all together, saving it. Uh, number two, preservation and income phase. Okay, the preservation is because it's time to transition into retirement. So you need to protect more of it, you know, change, reevaluate risk. You're starting to take income from it. So that is very important. And that leads to phase three distribution that we'll get to in a moment. And that's distributing dollars to yourself and others while you're living. But anyway, James kind of left off here on preservation income phase. You talked about Social Security, IRAs, annuities and pension. You know that uh, those those paychecks to live comfortably in life at retirement, they come from Social Security, maybe a pension, but they come from your resources, your assets, from your income plan, your financial plan, 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 plan. Where are we at? Well, on the Social Security, there is still an importance of planning for the benefits from the program. And sometimes when you say, well, what if I can perhaps maximize our collective benefits and out of the program get an extra $50,000 in lifetime benefits? That just simply means that $50,000 is what you don't have to take from your retirement nest egg. So, you know, there's still planning options to be had with the program. Very important. Don't just simply blow this off and say, well, if it's there, it's there. And it's just a bonus that I don't really plan on having. But if, if it's there, then it's going to be a nice bonus that we'll, we're going to have. No, we. it should be part of your plan and it should be dealt with accordingly. Now, other things that will pop up will be health insurance. Now, on the health insurance, depending upon the age of when you do retire, maybe it's going straight into Medicare. Maybe you need to bridge that gap between the employer-based health insurance to Medicare. Sometimes that's with COBRA. Sometimes it's out in the marketplace. So when you're looking at COBRA versus marketplace plans, typically it's, it's like you have an option between not so good insurance versus bad insurance. And I, I know that sounds kind of crass, but what we're saying is it's going to be expensive. And it's going to be expensive. Sometimes you have to worry about with the marketplace plans of not really having the access to the same networks of providers or the same type of insurance that you had through the employer. So typically between COBRA and the marketplace plans, we would recommend COBRA. Now, that's just a general recommendation because your specific situation might be different. Once you get to Medicare, however, this is when you feel like, okay, I've reached the promise line when it comes to health insurance. And we can help you with the decisions because you will be inundated with materials from all these different companies about their plan is the best, no, this one's the best. Well, we can help you to objectively analyze between Medicare Advantage versus Medicare Supplements, the prescription drug plans, all those we can help with that decision-making process. And yes, there are different seasons and reasons of why you would enroll in one Medicare plan versus another one. Now, when it comes to the pension or perhaps annuity decision-making processes, yes, do you take the lump sum option or do you annuitize your pension? 
typically with the lump sum option, you can accomplish through someone such as us the same thing, if not better. And usually, yes, it will be better by having the spousal benefits baked into the lump sum option that you otherwise pay for with the annuitized option. And you don't have to take the reduced benefit payout to do so. That's one of the most important reasons why you should come see us is because we can help you with maybe a better way to approach that particular decision. Now, other very important decisions, such as the, the debt payoff, where you're looking at, should I pay off the mortgage? Should I pay off other types of debt? What's the interest rate? What are the costs? What are the benefits? Life insurance, do you still need life insurance? Is there maybe a way to perhaps maximize also the life insurance benefits? Sometimes you have cash value uh, built up into your policy. Sometimes it's just a term policy. Is there a better way or a better approach or perhaps a better plan out there when it comes to the life insurance? Yeah, and yes, tie that to tie that, especially to the state plan, because yeah. all of these things need to be addressed. What's interesting is in the first segment, you went through a, a bullet point list of some considerations of when to check in on or revise, potentially revise an estate plan. You know, we're in an environment now where there are rumors and whispers from Washington that the new administration may eliminate step up basis. And, you know, when you die, your assets, if they step up to the current market value, then technically the beneficiaries wouldn't owe any taxes if they sold at that instant and there was no perceived gain. Well, if you eliminate the step up basis, let's say that your parents bought a home for 100000 At the time you inherit it from them, it's worth 200000 That's a $100,000 perceived gain. Without step up basis, it would be a taxable gain. With step up basis, the cost basis steps up to the two hundred. And if you sold it at 200, you'd owe no tax because there's no gain. What's interesting here is that some of the life insurance strategies come back into big time play, like second to die policies that only pay when like you and your spouse pass, then it pays to your beneficiaries at the same time these assets arrive that without step up basis might have taxable events that don't exist now that you'll need ways to kind of prepay and pre-address the taxation. So more of your state can get transfer, transferred to transition to the people you love. You know, it's always the landscape's changing. And this is what we do. It's probably not what you do. And we can work together and work for you and win on purpose. That's all we're saying here. All right, Greg, what's next with the distribution phase? Distribution. It's inevitable for everyone um, that this phase called distribution will occur. We don't mean distributing your dollars to yourself and others while you're living. We're meaning uh, when you die, we're just kind of talking about this. How do you get your assets to the next generation or people you care about or charity, charities that you're concerned with? Well, when you pass, your loved ones are in line or charities to inherit anything that's left over. Now, a quick point there on charities versus people. Your people, generally, we have received non-IRA assets that are more tax-friendly and Roth assets that are tax-free. IRAs and taxable assets, uh, we like to see lined up with charities if that's where your heart is because they're oftentimes tax exempt. So think about it. That just, you know, makes sense. But but see, people don't think about it. You don't know what you, you do in these things. And it, it all matters. It all matters. So it makes sense to have a well thought out plan to pass your assets on the most efficient, tax efficient ways possible. So for our discussion today, you know, we've wanted to focus on simplifying things. Well, we want to look at the transition items which you should consider rather when moving from phase one accumulation to phase two preservation. Now, we think there are five specific things. Now, there are only five things, but uh, this will help with some of the decision making. <clears throat> we'll start with having on 
one of the five things to consider is having a cash or some type of emergency fund. This is known as also the liquidity bucket. So one of the first things that you can do to make sure that you have these types of funds available, and that's starting with having a budget in place. Doesn't have to be down to the very last penny, but when you have your emergency fund, yes, liquidity is is extremely important here. What we're also saying is think about the difference between liquid within one hour versus liquid within one week. In other words, you can still have your liquidity bucket invested working for you, not just simply collecting dust in either the bank account or in the freezer, maybe perhaps under your mattress. That's important, though, to keep that working for you, not just simply there because you think that's what you should do. Yeah, that's a misconception that it can't be invested. It can be conservative and, and it, the liquidity is different for all people. But then you have paying off debt. Okay, you, you want to make sure that not only do you have a budget and you have the proper liquidity, but there are certain debts that you want to satisfy before retirement to lower the amount of cash flow you're going to need and the cash from investments and income from investments are going to be required to help your investments last longer. As James mentioned earlier, a cost of money is something you look at carefully. Some debt's worth keeping, believe it or not. Now, don't don't dwell on that too much. We'll look at it together. Greg, let's go ahead and, and stop there. One more thought about the the liquidity bucket. This is where you say, what is my comfort level of cash on hand? If if it's $2,000 for some people, it's $20,000 for others. What is the buffer that is your comfort level? That's important to maintain. And yes, that number is different for different folk out there. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show, Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisor firm. We are independent. We do work for Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, Florence, and the internet for those who are not willing or able to yet meet us face-to-face. Greg? Well, we're looking at, um, you know, these five other things to consider, all towards making the retirement planning process easier and preparing for retirement. James, you talked about liquidity. It varies for different people. It can be invested. Just keep it more conservative. Keep it liquid so it's available as needed, whether it's three hours, three days, five days, you know, just short-term and available. Then we look at which debts to pay off which ones not to, you know, throughout the show, there's been a discussion on cost of capital. You know, some debt is at a certain interest rate and cost that's so on sale, you might keep for the long term because the debt will eventually be satisfied. And um, you're trying to manage positive cash flow. You know, in accumulation, you're trying to manage enough cash flow that's positive to save and put into your future. In retirement, you're trying to keep your um, expense side managed so that you have positive cash flow and less depletion of your investment buckets. Make it friendly, make your lifestyle friendly. You know, that can mean taking monthly payments on certain things at a low cost of interest. And if it's a five-year loan, you know the thing's going to be paid off in five years and you'll still have the money in your investments that you didn't use to try to just lump some payoff debt for the sake of getting rid of debt. 
And that money can continue to grow and be part of your ongoing plan, particularly at retirement when you're not adding money to these buckets. So don't be in such a hasty, wasty hurry to deplete buckets of money just because debt keeps you up at night. You need to understand purpose of money and you'd be amazed. Yes, some debt needs to go. Oftentimes a lot of debt needs to go, but there's some that you're just hurting yourself and be careful. So let's look at some other things. If you have, you might consider having a home equity line of credit. Sounds like we're sponsoring debt here, but we're really not. Sometimes for home improvements and things on an asset, you should actually put the expense on the asset that's being improved or will appreciate by the improvement. So if you were to have a home equity line of credit uh, associated to any mortgage or just a line of credit without even having a mortgage, what you could do with that is if you needed to remodel the kitchen to hold value and for you to enjoy it too, or you know the carpet, whatever it might be, you could use the line of credit at low interest set a payment pattern back to pay yourself back, pay it off. That fits your cash flow, fits your budget. Again, because what was the alternative? There you go again. You're going out to write a big fat check off your checking savings and investment account to pay for the whole remodel. And you're not working anymore. You're retired. And now that money's gone. And you could have structured that payment much more favorably. So money can exist in multiple places. Using other monies or other people's money on sale can make sense. So um, just be able to manage your debt. Now, focusing on retirement life, James, it's kind of a, a, a life philosophy thing. Yes. And you mentioned the word structure. Sometimes it's important to have structure in your life, even when you're retired. I know that may sound a little bit strange to say it that way, because, hey, when you're retired, what do you have to do on any one given day? Well, nothing. That's what you have to do. But we're not saying that that's maybe the best approach. Instead, Focus on the retirement life and define what it will look like. So maybe you've imagined what this is going to look like. Maybe you've not. But have you ever really broken it down in terms of what you'll be spending all or even most of your time, this newfound time, what you're actually going to be doing? So, for example, if you were working Monday through Friday from nine to five, now all of a sudden you wake up on Monday after you've retired, of course, and you don't have to go to work. What are you going to do? What are you going to do the next Monday, the following Monday? What are you going to do on Friday? Every day is a Saturday, right? Are you going to relax? Are you going to fix the house up? Is there a honey-do list that you just haven't gotten around to doing just yet? Are you going to go golfing? Are you going to go bowling? Are you going to go traveling to see the family? Go see sites unseen that you have not yet seen? That's the point. What are you going to do and how are you going to wind up paying for it? Because sometimes retirement winds up being more expensive, especially in the first two years, than when you were working. So funding that lifestyle sometimes becomes very important to consider too. Greg, what's next? I actually have a bucket and a bucket list. And I find it structures how I want to spend the rest of my forever. You know, helps not to give up on life's dreams, wishes, and goals. And it just adds some structure and focus because time can kind of just ebb and flow like a waterfall. And um, you just need to be a little more in control of your time in retirement and structure it similar to you did when you're structuring it, giving it away to all these other people called your career. Okay. Just a thought, but even you know, consider this, um, what's it going to cost you to do these things on a regular basis? What's your discretionary and joy expense? If you want to call it that it's important to plan for and consider the expenses uh, like this right after your most basic expenses, you know, food, utilities, taxes, then your discretionary and joy, you know, the money for the golf course, the trips, the travel, 
uh, the, taking the family, you know, here and there and spoiling the grandchildren, all that stuff, creating a budget, you know, it may be tough for someone who's always made enough income to just live and, you know, roll on. But um, having sufficient cash flow in retirement is equally important, but it just might take a budget. It's going to take some, I wouldn't say rationing. You don't want to live like, you know, it's beans and bald tires um, and holes in your tennis shoes, but develop a retirement lifestyle budget. It doesn't mean you have to live by the budget, just kind of monitor it generally, stay in some general parameters so you can have some peace of mind and not have to worry about money. Okay. It's, uh, it's more of an exercise to help you determine how much monthly income and cash flow you need to help make sure that your happy retirement is also content, successful, and filled with as much longevity or more so than your own, right? You want your money to outlive you, not the other way around. Now, what's also important is to have a plan. That means develop a plan that details as much as possible. So once you've developed the information on the emergency fund, you have that in place, your liquidity bucket, you have your debts, your liabilities, and your income and cash flow needs at least accounted for. That's part and parcel of the financial plan that now transitions to the retirement plan to help address all these different things, how to position retirement savings, your retirement investments, how to help support everything you're trying to do. Now, this is a matter of when this should be done because a well-thought-out financial plan should be constructed prior to making these financial or investment decisions. So have a plan in place before you make those decisions. Measure twice and cut once. And yes, before you take withdrawals from your IRAs, your 401ks, or other types of debts that you're going to just suddenly lump sum pay off, or even prior to turning on Social Security. Yeah, yeah. here's a plan for you and some elements to address. Just rapid fire around here. How much should you have in savings, liquidity for emergencies, rainy day funds? How will you pay off certain debt or at least pay down certain outstanding debts? When will you turn on Social Security? Yours, your spouse's, spousal benefits, all the, the features and alternatives there to, to understand. When we start collecting your pension, if one exists, what are the spousal and survivorship benefits there? Partial lump sum, some pension, all the, all the choices. How will you cover health insurance costs and gaps? How much monthly income do you need? How much of that income will come from paychecks like Social Security or pensions? or a self-funded pension, guaranteed lifetime income we can structure through certain vehicles and investments. How much income we need from your retirement portfolio to produce the supplement to those checks? You know, the gap, fill in the gap. How will you address inflation, right, rising costs of living as time progresses? Rising costs of living isn't just that bread, eggs, and milk go up. Taxes may go up on you too. How much risk tolerance do you have? How much can you handle? What's appropriate risk for your portfolio? What about sequence of returns, negative markets, then positive, positive, negative. The sequence of positive and negative markets can majorly challenge or even derail your retirement plan and how you're invested really matters. Uh, finally, the combination of financial vehicles, the right types of investments. You know, try using a hammer for a screw and see how happy that is or a screwdriver for a nail. It matters, doesn't it? So you should position retirement nest egg into those products, those vehicles, those investments will help you cover the needs and objectives for this financial phase of life. Don't leave it to Wall Street, a banker, an insurance agent. Leave it to a financial fiduciary who's a team such as ours to work with you. And we're not saying that you need to learn how the watch actually works other than just simply what time the date is, but have an understanding of what your different financial vehicles are, the investments, how they work, what are their features, what are their benefits, what they can do versus what they won't do. 
there's more. There's much more. Our front of the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. Now, on behalf of Greg, myself, James, thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.